On the north side of Chicago It's the coolest bar in town And if you go up there You better just beware You're gonna find a bunch of clowns It's a mad, mad, crazy bar The whole damn place is just so bizarre Full of all the vice and sin Where do we even begin? Tip your bartenders. Hey everybody, this is Pub Crawl Liz with the Geriatric Genius and Clown coming through you uh, to you via Zoom. Uh, we have a special guest today, and that would be Ukraine Mike. Hey, yeah, don't forget this is this is our hundredth. Actually, it's our hundred and first. No, the hundredth uh, podcast was a major fuck up, so it's not going to really count. I don't think. Why do you have to always be such a negative Nelly? I'm not. I'm telling. I'm just. I'm a truth teller. That's if that's a negative Nelly being a truth teller. Okay. I mean, whatever. This is, a, this is the this is the show number one hundred that you will hear. Nice. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to be glad to be here. All right. Now, I'm gonna. I hope in, everybody in can advance, hear Mike. In advance of us continuing this conversation, um, I will tell you all that, again that we're doing this via Zoom so we can all see each other. And because the genius gets distracted very easily, he might interrupt the flow of the conversation by something that somebody is doing. So yeah, I'll so don't to, do anything that distracts me. I'll try to give the color if that's a situation. Okay. Alas, um, here we are. Ukraine, what have you been up to? What's the good word? I'm just getting through the quarantine, you know, um, watching how Chicago's getting antsy. It seems like everybody's trying to get out now and meet friends. And I've had like three people call me the last two days that are saying, hey, do you want to come over, do karaoke on my porch and things? And it's like, I think uh, even with the shelter in place, I think we're getting to the point where people are going to start risking going out and seeing friends more, which I don't know if that's a good thing, but it seems like that's what the country's doing in general. Well, so, I mean, it's, okay, I, I, I think it's kind of expected, right? Yeah. No. I'm trying to figure out what the strategy is. You know, is it just to get the herd immunity? Are we trying to just let not overpower the medical facilities and just let everybody slow? Do, do you wear a mask when you go out? All the time. Okay. And I double mask when I'm at the food bank. I put a medical mask and then a bandana over it. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get this. I'm not one of those guys that thinks getting it is the best case scenario. And, getting and, and folks, he's not at the food bank getting food. No, no, I'm working at the food bank. He's yeah. helping. He's helping. I, I guess I should not. Let yeah, you why, don't you, why yeah. don't you tell us about what you've been doing there? Yeah, after this started blowing up in New York and we were already sheltering in place, I saw Cuomo talking about how they called out for health workers and masks and things and some New Yorkers sent in 100,000 masks. So I went on cityofchicago.org to see what I could do to volunteer. I thought it was a good idea. I thought maybe I'd buy a sewing machine and make masks, but we never needed masks. You sew? You sew? Well, I would have learned. I, I figured I could figure it out, you know, but I was just going to go buy a sewing machine and learn how to use it and make masks. But uh, when I went online, Chicago didn't need that, but they said there was a desperate need for people to volunteer at the food bank because there's a lot of food demand right now, obviously. And, uh, workers weren't showing up. So I got there about two months ago and I've been working usually three days a week ever since. Um, makes you feel good, it's healthy, it's a real physical job, which is nice and uh, feels like you're giving something back and I'm getting out of my house, so. Do, do, do people behave or for the most part are people polite and nice and everything? 
everyone's nice, everyone's social distancing. Um, yeah, and since now I'm one of the more regular guys there, they, they kind of let me pick where I want to work and I can kind of manage the line. So I'm having fun with it. And what, uh, What's the racial breakdown for people needing food? Uh, what is that? The, how many people are we getting out? Roughly, what is the ratio? You, you have a hard time with that question? Well, the ratio is like what? No, no, ratio. racial. R-A-C. Oh, the racial breakdown of people? Uh, I don't yeah, see who racial gets ratio. No, I'm just packing boxes. No, I'm the racial boxes. ratio. I like that. No, uh, I, don't know who, I, I don't know who's taking the food. We're, we're putting it in boxes. We're unpacking it from big pallets and making it in like 55-pound three-day boxes for families in need. And then we have like bread lines so you can do the bread and that means you're going through all the bread and figuring out what's old and what you can give out. So there's, a, there's a lot. and then there's also a salvage job where you're going through the donations to make sure that everything's not old and then you're putting it into a random miscellaneous box. So there's, there's different jobs within it, but the main job is just, it's peanut butter, it's cereal, it's beans, it's rice. It's a pro proper box of food that would actually help anybody in need of food. It's, it's very usable, usable and it's probably would last three, four days easy for two to three people. I, so, I used to go to food banks and get food. When I lived in the Carling, there was a food bank down on uh, Oak Street. There was a church down like Oak and uh, I can't remember the cross street, uh, Orleans, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I used to go down there and carry my bags of food back. And they gave me 30 pounds of frozen chicken one time. Wow. And I had nothing to cook it in. <laughs> so I, uh, the Chinese restaurant that was in the Carling, I took it in and asked him if he wanted it. And uh, in return, he gave me like, uh, it was like three months of free food. Wow. That's nice. You know, we're not giving any frozen meats to anybody. We don't, yeah, I, we got, I yeah, that was the, the one thing I couldn't use. Yeah. But it, was, it was certainly great having getting being able to get food. Yeah, but speaking of uh, um, this on this particular subject, do you see where Tamale Guy? Somebody ratted out Tamale Guy. Yeah. And, do you have um, any idea who it was? I'd love to know who it was. Mike has various stupid theories that are, none of which are <laughs> stupid. The most logical theory is the stupid no, one. No. Right? Yeah. Somebody ratted one Tamale of these guys guy. that believes if it's the most logical answer is usually the one. Well. Um, what anyway. happened was there was a guy that helped tamale guy and he made two big orders of tamales in lakeview and offered them to people in his building so he had like thousands of dollars and somebody wrote an article about that and they interviewed the guy who put together all the orders and then a cease and desist letter was sent to claudio and this guy so i'm assuming and this is my stupid theory but i think it's the most logical is um somebody read that article said, what the hell's going on? We can't just ignore this. If somebody gets sick from these tamales, we didn't investigate. So they put that out to both of those people. I don't think there's a rat involved. But, oh, I bet you there is a rat. But he's got competitors. There are some other people. Yeah, it could have been them then. That would be the, somebody reads the article. Yes, and makes, well, you see, that's how you have to look at this stuff. Not like it's some benevolent thing. Like, uh, come on. But the interesting yeah, yeah, People have thing, raised a lot of money for him. Yeah, they had a GoFundMe, and it's. Yeah, I was going to put like fifty bucks in for the guy. I opened it up, was at thirty-one thousand. I said, okay, yeah, that's if he a lot of fucking money. money. No, only guy can get by on thirty-one grand for a few weeks. But isn't that nice? Isn't that isn't that a nice story? He sells those tamales for six bucks a bag, right? Yeah. It used to be five for. You used to get six tamales for five bucks. Now it's six for six. 
Okay, That's so you've thousand bags of tamales raised on, on GoFundMe for him. That's pretty good. Yeah. How, how often does he sell 5,000 bags? That must be a, a couple months worth of revenues with no costs. Well, I mean, was he ratted out to the health department? Is that what? Yeah, yeah, well, they, yeah they, they gave him a cease and desist. Yeah, food, sanitation, cat pre-selling food. You know, we've been—he's been selling out of out of the alehouse for this. I can't even maybe uh, ever forever. You know what it's like? Nobody's it's like ever gotten ill or anything. They're, it's like that ASCAP records thing. Somebody wants a part of the take. Yeah, well, that's how they got us on the jukebox. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not the jukebox. It's, not not it's somebody on a talent show. Those dirty mother. Yeah, we had the. Uh, what was the name of that trio? We had the. Um, uh, we had a trio, a very nice little trio, and um, trumpet player. Yeah, and uh, so the fucking ass cap called. Now Toby got real mad because they thought she. They always call up and say, uh, "Can we talk to Toby Mitchell, you know, the owner?" And I'd get the phone, and they say, "This is ASCAP, and we, you're you're having live music." I said, "Go!" I said, and this is the exact language I use. Hey, asshole, fuckhead, we're this is free. We're doing them a favor. We're letting them showcase themselves. They passed the hat. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, I'm talking about you're going to have to pay three thousand dollars. And I said up your ass i said your mother doesn't get that for sucking dick a whole year what are you talking about three thousand fucking dollars you piece of shit and your mother's what my mother makes so anyway this would be a conversation i'd have for like a couple and there was another one sip or something like that they're no no that's another one they're calling two they want three or five grand something like that so i'm telling them that you know to go fuck yourself stick your fucking whatever you are, up your ass. And they actually sent some guy, he looked like a Hawaiian. In the old days, they would have sent somebody with baseball bats, but now they kind of going to be lawyers and all that. But uh, they called up, They called, when Toby got the phone, because I've been using, you know, they thought that's who they were talking to. And they said, the language you use, the vile, horrible language you use. And you, what are you talking about? I mean, and Tobin, Toby can be a boy and girl's name. So, oh, she, like, well, she's also got that voice like that. So, um, yeah, she didn't like it because she was getting accused of using very, very vile language. So we just had a, um, we had to uh, disband that. It was uh, yeah. Josh, Josh Berman. Josh Berman trio. Yeah. Very good. Very nice. Amy Schumer. What's her name? Schumer. Schumer. Yeah, her her brother was sometimes part of that little trio, but uh, yeah, they were very he nice. Still plays around in town. What? He That's still plays around. Yeah. I have no idea what you said. He still plays around. He still oh, plays yeah, in sure. town. He plays at the Hungry Brain a lot. Yeah. yeah. No, they're, they were upset because they were playing cover songs and somebody wasn't copyrighted. No, here's the funny part of it. He has one. He's he's um, Josh Berman had one one song ever that was ASCAP. You know, he made twenty bucks on royalties because of. And I think what they do, he got written up. I mean, people were writing stories in uh, the paper and stuff in magazines and the reader about him appearing at the alehouse. So nobody comes around and checks, but I'm sure they have a 
clipping service, ASCAP does. And the minute they see somebody, and he made a grand total of 20 bucks on, on royalties, and they, were, and they caused them to shut down at the ale house. We probably were losing money because a lot of people didn't like it, but you know, what the hell, we'd let them come Could in be. every Monday. Yeah. Mike, I'm glad to see you're still drinking the high life. Oh yeah, yeah, this is my go-to. It's best beer in Chicago. Did you go get yourself a couple more cases? I picked up another 12 pack, yeah. I usually get a, a 12 pack of bottles of high life and then I get a six pack of uh, old style tall boys just in case I get guests over that don't like high life, you know? So that's my reserve. I'm well, you don't want them drinking your beer. I'm surprised I, you don't I, get it more than 12. <laughs> huh? I'm surprised you don't get more than 12 at a time. Well, it's two blocks away. No, I'm surprised too. That really puzzles me. Why, why is he? <laughs> well, you know, until I started talking to you guys on this and uh, I started playing poker on my, um, I used to play a, 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 a weekly poker game in Moscow. And great guys played with them for 10 years straight and haven't talked to many of them. We lost touch. And now since everybody's trapped at home and a lot of them have moved back to the States, we got on poker stars and we're doing play poker, but with side, we're betting it, but we're just doing PayPal to transfer the money. Yeah, and but do you know how to cheat? Can you cheat? Uh, you can't cheat on uh, the online. It's all online. It's all. You can't, you tell me you can't cheat that there's not, you can't figure out a way to cheat. Why do you want to That's cheat? I bet your clown You can't cheat, no. It's, it's impossible. It's all electronic, you know, you, but uh, but it's a lot of fun. So now I've been doing that, and we're doing the Zoom calls while they got the poker on one side, the Zoom on the other, and that's when I started drinking beer again. I actually lost, like, 12, 13 pounds since this thing started because I stopped drinking beer every night. Well, you so look at the I don't know if you guys know it. I used to drink, like, five beers a night. Yeah. You're kidding. No. <laughs> You? Yeah. I, you, I think I've seen you drink five beers in like five minutes at the Ale House. Well, I think what he's what he meant to say was, when I drink five after I drink five beers, I'm on the spectrum. Yeah, I liked it when Bruce once told me, like, yeah, once Mike drinks, once Ukraine drinks over fifteen beers, he gets out of control. You know, yeah, maybe. Well, I was just talking about when you're on the spectrum, you're not always out of control. Out of control. How's your dad, Mike? Speaking of. <laughs> yeah, he's doing good. He's doing good. Uh, we do. Uh, at first, I was resisting these Zoom calls. I just kind of thought like we're clinging to our old lives. We can be independent. But now I, I started joining him for a weekly Zoom call with the family. Uh, I talk to him on the phone a lot. But uh, you know, we run this. He owns. Uh, he owns this. Uh, see you later. Okay. Sorry, somebody hey, just walked in my house. Um, somebody. Uh, um, he owns this laundry mat and. It's still open because it's an essential business, but sales are down 80% and I own it with them. So I've been negotiating with the landlord to give us some rent forgiveness. So they gave us one month off and we have to pay it back by September. And it's like, guys. That's so lame. This isn't rent forgiveness and this is, it's just going to be a double payment then. So it doesn't yeah. help me at all, you know? So it's, yeah. And it's, I write these long legal letters, so if I ever go to court with these people, I can show a trail of how we've done it, and it's, they're the worst landlords you could ever imagine. You know, really? I these buildings, and people can't pay their rent, a couple of them, and I always am willing to work with them if they can't, and nobody's like that. They're all no, I, haven't, I haven't heard of anything happening with any rent forgiveness or anything like that. No, they're not helping people. No. I mean, they say that would be the way to help bar owners, <laughs> restaurant owners. I know? mean, banks never, banks <laughs> never yeah. do it. 
the government should do it, and it should be a payback. But it. the checks did it the, the right way, but then they fucked me. Excuse me, uh, they screwed me at the end. Um, you can use you that can kind of language. Bruce yeah, talk. We don't care. Of course, you can say yeah. that shit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <fuck> that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love you guys. Like I just <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Sometimes. Oh yeah, let's, we have a language code. <laughs> But, uh, that we, so I went to the, the, the Globe, my little bookstore and cafe in Prague. That's great. That's been there 27 years. Um, I went to the landlady there and said, can you, hey, can you help us out with rent and maybe let, let us delay and forgive some of it? You know, we're closed for two months. And she said, no, no, we're done with it. We're not negotiating. We already negotiated. We just signed a new lease three weeks before this started. So it's terrible timing, of course. But then the government came out and said, okay, you don't have to pay rent for three months, and then you have to pay that rent, but you can pay it back before 2022. He said, that's perfect. You know, we can add a little bit every month for 20 months. And then after two months, they said, we changed our mind. You got to pay it back by October. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? That's crazy. That's so. crazy. Um, Bruce, this, this how when, Bruce, how come when uh, uh, Mike started talking about poker, you're, you immediately went to cheating? Of course, <laughs> of course. Why else yeah. would you gamble if you could, if you don't? You got to have the edge. Yeah, there's got to be a way. Tell me, there's not a way to cheat it. But now, see, I'm not good well, at any. You can't cheat game. through electronic poker because it's all through your computer. There's no cards to manipulate. There's no sleight of hand. You can bluff. You know, nobody knows my cards, but there's got to be a way to cheat. What's, uh, Mike, what's the website you're using? What's the I'm not a cheater. Um, poker Stars. Poker star. Yeah, and we do play poker. So, like, for three bucks, you get six hundred thousand free chip uh, play chips. But then we just keep an Excel sheet. So it's like once a month, whoever owes so much PayPal's it here, here, you know. So it's it's all. Well, are you are you ahead or behind? I'm behind. I, I just started playing. I probably played ten games, and I've been playing. If you guys remember, with these Chicago guys, I got this old school Chicago group. They play seven yeah. card stud, five card stud, and five card draw. This is no limit hold'em. And the game I'm playing at in Chicago is much more friendly, and you're not supposed to be aggressive and trying to rip money off of people, which is kind of against poker, but uh, I still play that game. But uh, now I started playing no limit, and the whole key is to steal everybody's chips. It's tournament style. It's not a cash game. So but remember I've that. Gotten better. I came, in, I came in second the last three games. That Matt Damon movie about a card. Yeah. Card. Yeah, rounders, rounders. Well, I think you're the guy. Remember they said if 10 minutes into the game, if you don't know who the sucker is, it's you? <laughs> Thanks, Bruce. I'm so glad you guys invite me on here just to rack me over the coals. You know? I'm surprised you come on when you know who he is. What are you talking about? I'm a big fan of his. He's a, he's a, he's a supporter. He just oh, likes yeah. to dish out for the shit. The more, the more he likes you, the more of a dick he is. <laughs> I take it as a term of endearment. Yeah, yeah exactly. Remember, remember last week when uh, he was such an asshole and Clown was like, fuck you, I'm not doing this? <laughs> oh, he was, Clown was pounding his ass off last week. Well, rightfully yeah. so, you were being a... And I never saw a little fucking dog. He claimed he would, there was a little dog involved, but I never saw the goddamn thing. Oh, Mike's going on a beer run. Um, no. Yeah. Running. He has to go all That's the way because, upstairs. That's because Mrs. Clown took the dog inside. Oh, yeah, they have the dog. Well, they told me the the, the final diagnosis is uh, that the dog is old. <laughs> well, Thank you. For a dog. The, the dog just screams once in a while, and I told I told my daughter, I guess since I'm getting old, I'm just going to start screaming once in a while too. They'll just well, give I me do. some medication. I do. 
Yeah, that's what, say, that's what Bruce does. Clown, how are you feeling? I feel good. I'm so getting, good? Uh, I don't know, I'm feeling old though. This, uh, this lockdown's making me feel old. I'm not out walking around and, you know. You couldn't go out and walk why, around. Oh, that's one of the things. Good, yeah. But I'm yeah, so why aren't you walking? I don't know. I just got to, I got to force myself. You don't have like a desire I'm, to get some fresh air or some sun? Yeah, but it's kind of hard to put on my shoes and <laughs> put on some pants. Put on some pants. You have a mask. Yeah. Okay, well that's good. Otherwise, I was gonna yeah. come bring you. I was gonna come deliver one if you didn't. No, I gotta start forcing myself. I'm just. Uh, I'm feeling like this is the end. We're just waiting for it all to crumble down. So this like is, this is the kind of mood that clowns have been in lately, and it's you. It, you can kind of see it. That's all right. It's been a good run. It's been a good run. You know what the, the football is? It's like, you know, it's already mutated from Europe to, uh, from China to Europe, and we got the European mutated strand of the corona. They're saying it could, it's likely it will mutate again if it keeps going on for six more months. The vaccines we're working on now won't work with the mutated one, most likely. You know, what if it mutates into something much worse? And that could be the end. You know, this is not something we should be playing around with. We have a virus that we've never had before in humans, and it's. Tell me, there's not a a terrorist, a little clever terrorist, that uh, figures he if he's going to go to paradise, he'll take everybody to paradise with him, and he just figures out, hmm, this is a really I can make this one, I can make that even better. I mean, think about that. We're going to the terrorists haven't even. Or you could, maybe he could make one where no Semitic people get it, just everybody else. I think that's the future of terror. Would you yeah, ever see 12 Monkeys? See what? Did you ever see 12 Monkeys? Yeah. No. The movie? That's I mean, that's basically what it was about. Some guy wanted to bring down the, the entire human race. But you could see that with eco, you know, terrorists. Oh, yeah. Because oh, you know, yeah. nature's been really thriving through this whole thing. Pollution's down. The animals are all happy. <laughs> Did you see that? Like you can see the Titanic in the ocean now when you fly above it. It's that clear. Yeah. The interesting thing about this is going to be when we see what happened to the Earth during the two months that people weren't driving cars, and I bet you it's coming oh, back strong. Well, they're already oh, seeing coming it. Coming back strong, yeah. Yeah, they're already seeing it. Do you think? Yeah. And I, this is just speculating. I never thought of this before, but do you think that? Uh, if global warming gets bad enough, that the, the answer would be to go bez, uh, without technology, without using this stuff? Yeah, but there's all kinds of stuff you could use. You can use, you know, solar. And I mean, if, if, if it reached that point, I mean, when after 9-11, George W. Bush, the, I mean, can you imagine how lucky Barack is being? Those, that's the, he's between George W. Bush and Trump. I mean, God. History couldn't be kinder. <laughs> but can you imagine if um, W. Bush would have gone on TV and said, we've been this attack, attack the terrorists have attacked us. What? Here's what we have to do. We have to be self-sufficient as far as uh, energy. We're going to have to build, everything's going to have to be solar now. All cars have to be energy efficient. He could have gotten it done there. There was a two-week window. And what did he do? Go out and buy shit. I mean, this fucking guy makes fucking Trump seem smart, but but this this could have been done. 
every fucking new building and, and house and everything has to have solar energy. Yeah. Cars, yeah. cars have to be able to get 50 miles in a gallon. Could have done it. It was doable. But, um, yeah, but if everybody dies, I mean, the way it is now, I think it. I think the Republicans are betting on the only people that are going to really take the big hit will be old people and old folks home, which would be great because they're a big, you know, they're 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 a financial burden. The people in jails, well, of course, we get rid of them, and uh, just random old people and fucked up people that are, you know, messing, you know, and yeah, and the poor. So if you get rid of all those, of course, if you get rid of the poor, then you don't have nobody to do all your fucking dirty work. That's a, that's the danger they're going to run into. Robots. Okay. And on that happy note, hey, do you want? I was going to sing my uh, little Oscar Mayer anecdote. Well, Speaking you know, just to finish up that anecdote, uh, sixty-five per sixty people, sixty-five and over in twenty sixteen by fifty-three to forty-four voted for Trump. So if the old people are dying faster, that's positive in terms of political change. <laughs> well, no, old white people. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's definitely... The, the enemy are old white people, especially men. So okay. if you've got a disease that would just kill, just kill guys like me, the world would be a much better place. That's definitely oh, a genius. We don't want you dead, man. Not I know, you. but I'm willing to go if I could take everybody else with me my age. So you're that guy. The guy you just described. You're the monkey guy. Yeah. <laughs> You're a yeah, monkey. Except, except I'm not scientifically. Uh, but speaking of science, uh, when I was a little boy, about 10, I went to the, the A&P was right down. I was living in Uppers Grove, on Grove Street in Uppers Grove. And right across the park was the park. And then right next to the park was the cemetery. It was supposed to be the only cemetery on a main street in the United States. I don't know if that's true. But anyway, uh, the A&P was right down the street. And I used to go down there with all my little friends. And they had the, uh, the Wienermobile was there. So we all went down to see little Oscar. And he's this kind of misshapen little dwarf guy. And um, so he's up standing on top of his little Wienermobile saying one dumb thing after another. So I'm, I started heckling him. And he's getting pissed. And my friends are all laughing. They think it's very amusing. I'm making fun of a dwarf and, you know, his fucking goofy-ass little uh, car. So he says, hey, can you do any better? Come on up. I said, goddamn right. Well, I didn't say I didn't know. I wasn't using that language at 10 or 11. But I said, yeah, I can do better. So I got up on top of the Oscar mobile. And here's what I did. I went, acquire the desire to buy Oscar Mayer. Famous for quality since 1898. Look for the famous yellow brand. Sausage fresh and oh so grand. Be a wise and happy buyer and buy Oscar Mayer. And then I bowed. I got tremendous applause from my, my group. Isn't that a loving story? Beautiful. Beautiful. Was that 1960? That would have been about 1950. 1950. Okay. What's the point of the story? I got in a push fight. Now, Bud, um, Bud Bowman, or um, Bud Bowman was an actual midget. He wasn't a dwarf. And I got in a push fight with him at the Kroger's. He was. He had a wife too, a little midget <laughs> wife. You were pushing a midget at Kroger's. Yeah. Hey, but we were the same size, roughly. 
An 11 year old fighting a midget. That's not. Nice. I wasn't fighting. We were pushing. It was a push fight. Okay. I wanted, I wanted more of my free samples. Let's go back to talking about politics. Okay. Actually, you know what? Um, I just finished reading uh, Michelle Obama's Becoming book. Did you see the movie? Not yet. I wanted to read it first. So I just, oh. I literally just finished like three days ago. The movie and, was actually okay. And, and um, it was really freaking good. And you know what, Bruce? I thought about you for many reasons. But one thing that she talked about quite a bit was. About how, me? Would she, would she meet me walking my dog? Yeah. Um, that was a good part. But the part I'm talking about was that she, um, she had developed a very special like friendship with Queen Elizabeth. And what? I had no idea. I had no idea either. Was it like a lesbian thing? Yeah, exactly that. Well, you know, they lived right down the street from, we live at 5464 Hyde Park Boulevard. And they lived until they moved into that big fancy place. Well, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say those things, by the way. But anyway. Come and get me, motherfucker. Come and get me. You dirty mother, you gutless motherfuckers. Come on. You want to fucking play? Come play with the fucking genius. They yeah. live right down the street at 5400. You need to use this uh, language and aggressiveness because you're not on Facebook anymore and you've lost the venting capacity. You know, I've still got 19 motherfucking days on that one. But right, <laughs> I need Clown to send me a mutual, My our little, the initials SJ. So I, could I think be, it's good for you to have a little bit of distance from the social media. Yeah, but I, I could use my whole different personality if I had my new, my new persona. Okay, but that's not, that's not the point. That's not what I'm saying. It's good for you to have maybe a little break. I feel like you're a little too addicted to it. No, it's not because you know why? I'm, it's all my anger is pent up. That's why you start writing and painting. And I had incident in the alley the other, yesterday. What incident? Do tell. If you read my blog, you'd know. Okay, don't. Um, What's the incident? Some, I'm going down. I'm going to get my Japanese food because Rock and Roll Ruth was cleaning her house in Jefferson Park. So I needed food. So I was going to go get my pickup food. So I go down the back, my new back stairs. This fucking shiny little Jeep type car comes oh, yeah, flying I down the This one, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they instead of slowing down where there's a blind inter, inter, intersection in the alley, just blast the horn, keeps flying, and there's big puddles from the rain. It splashes me, so I pick up a rock and I bounce it off the back of the the jeep. Jeep, bro, bro, I gotta take this. Sorry, keep going. Skids skids to the um, stop. Now I'm figuring, oh boy, some big monster is gonna jump out with the baseball bat, and I'm gonna. T I doubt if I could run up my stairs quick enough to save myself. But it's, instead, I could see it's a chick. So I, I, I get up to the car, and she's giving me the finger. And um, so we start motherfucking each other. She's calling me a faggot this, faggot that, faggot that. And I'm going, you know, you got no class, you're stupid. And, you're, and she spits at me. So I easily, I duck the spit, but I hacked up a real big, because my moral there is you don't, Getting a spitting fight with somebody with a bad nasal drip like I like I have, I almost took her fucking head off with a glob of phlegm, and then she took off. So, but these are the kind of things that are happening. This, more this more. is disgusting now, and now and, and Corona. What the hell's wrong with you guys? 
I didn't start the spitting. I finished the spitting. I mean, that's just dumb. Well, you're calling me dumb for retaliating? Yeah. Oh. Be the bigger person. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I know. That was actually really hard for me to say. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, anyway, if you yeah, haven't read the book, person. if you haven't read the book, read the book. It's really fucking. Oh, I saw the movie. That's fine. They, um, they, um, they live on the 5,000 block of Greenwood. Yeah, well, no, you can go over there. You, you can't even, when they're home, they block all of 51st Street off. No, yeah. I, I took Ruth over and showed her the house. I mean, the Secret Service are all over it. I mean, you can't get near it. I don't think they'll ever come back to Chicago. I think that when the kids, I think that lad, the last kid is up and gone to college, I think they'll move to New York. She's, she goes to Michigan. Well, do you know, the oldest daughter was in the Yale House last summer. Oh, uh, my God, really? Two white yeah. guys, yeah. Oh, um, what about the foundation? Aren't they going to move here for the foundation? No, I mean, the foundation would be, not a blade of dirt has been moved on that. That's about three um, blocks from where we live. Well, that's the that's the library and such, but the foundation is an existing organization. Yeah, but no, I don't think, well, they could have that anywhere. I, I would think that security would be a lot, the, the, where the house that they have is very nice over in Kenwood. But, I also like that it's very simple. Yeah, but it, it's it's not practical. For, for security. It's too close to the corner. Yeah, it really is uh, in a very busy spot. Yeah. I rode my bike um, to Michelle Obama's uh, childhood home uh, the other day. Over in South Shore, right? Yeah. Uh, like 75th and uh, Jeffrey or something. Well, that's, that's where she went to school on Jeffrey, but a block or two. Yeah, it was South Shore. That's yeah, she lived on Euclid. What and the hell is Ukraine Mike doing? He's like fucking with scissors and a ring. I'm putting away my pens, you know. Multitasking, you know, multitasker, you know that. He yeah, just he's... Put some <laughs> um, but I, uh, I uh, rode my bike there just to check it out because it's also the first home they lived in together. And I got to say that it's got to be, it must have not been as rough as it is now. South Shore is always, I used to be able to kind of basically walk around, being a white boy, could walk around there, but I did know a few people. Um, and I think the trick when you're walking through a black neighborhood is kind of act like you know where you're at. If you look like you don't know where the fuck you're at. But I've, I've had a few incidents at South Shore. But no, South Shore, that was, that's there a real- There must have been no gun violence when you were a kid down no. there. Right? There was no guns. Well, I, I wasn't a kid. I was an adult. I'm talking about going over to South Shore. I used to get he's, my car. Mike, paid. he's old. Okay. Yeah. But when, when Michelle Obama yeah. was a kid growing up, say 40 years ago, those neighborhoods had no violence the way they do now, right? Well, the South Shore is kind of a unique place. In 68, the first black family moved across Stony Island into South Shore. And it was mainly Jewish and, and Irish. The Jews were the first people, they just left. They left their synagogues, they, they went out to Skokie. Um, the Irish hung on longer, but it was really chaos in the, in the white flight that took place there. So She talks about it in the book. Well, she does, because she would have been right in the middle of that, right? Yeah, she grew up with a lot of white families, and then as the time went on and they got older, she realized that everybody around them were, was less white. Yeah, well, that's where Hawkeye Hawkeye uh, grew up there too. 
Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. How's Hawkeye but doing? Hawkeye, uh, he's always, his wife is not, he's had to have some procedures. So, but Hawkeye seemed okay. I'm sure he's out riding his bike. Oh, no, wait, wait. He, he always crashes his bike, doesn't he? He, yeah. some, <laughs> well, he crashed his bike last time. And, and then he injures himself really severely. Mm -hmm. Wow, and you're so quiet in your corner. Yes, I am. What's everybody reading right now? You just finished Obama's, Ms. Michelle Obama's book. So I just started reading, yesterday I started reading, uh, Revisiting the Sun Also Rises. Revisiting the Sun Also? You're, you're revisiting. I'm revisiting it. I'm reading it again. I've only read it once, so I'm reading it again. Um, we chose that. We have a, the museum started a book club, so books that are related to alcohol and drinking. And well, I bet you, you identify with Lady Brett Ashley. And uh, we picked one on Tuesday. I, re I, I relate to the bullfighters. Yeah, I like Brett. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to reread it. It was my first Hemingway novel. I've never reread it, believe it or not. You don't want to reread re Hemingway. The baby talk just gets you. I loved it when I was an adolescent. By the time I was 21, I wanted to kill him. I wanted to find a bar and walk in and beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I'm not actually, I'm, I'm not a big fan of his writing. Oh, no. Writing. Baby talk. And and the sun also rises filled with baby talk. I yeah, reread like, the I, the movable feast, his uh, Paris sketches that were they they repu the, the sun published the parts that he pulled out, so it's like double the and there's a lot of Scott Fitzgerald in those things that Hemingway said don't publish, but the sun published them 50 years later, and it's great. And I did read that oh, one multiple see, times. This is what worries me so much about Ukraine, Mike. I'm sorry to make you worry, buddy. I'm okay. I'm healthy. I worry about your brain. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sounds good. So, right, what do you guys read? A big reading trip, Bruce, or no? Yes, I read. Uh, ask, ask Rock and Roll Ruth. I read for about four or five hours every night. Are you still reading uh, What's It? Uh, no, I'm done. Are you still reading? Um, who are you reading? Louise May Alcott? Evelyn Waugh's something about bring out the flags or more flags. That's the title. It's hilarious. It's it's best one I've ever read of him. Wow. But uh, I've read, I've reread all, all kinds of read a bunch of Dickens and. I'm finally finishing California Jailbreak. Nice, nice. That's a good one. And I know Bruce thinks the Dung Beetles is a masterpiece, but I'm not so sure. I, I like the memoirs a lot, so I don't yeah. know. Well, you're a man of taste sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm reading yeah. a flower bear in Egypt, and it's... I, I think, um, see, I was supposed to get a my proof of uh, Chronicle of Dung Beetle Warrior yesterday, and it's not here today. And they said the latest it would come would be tomorrow. And I blame I pub crawl. That Liz. was my fault for the corona and delaying the mail. Pub crawl. And all the processes of things my happening. Done. My book's been done for three months. Yeah, but you hand over this, this like tattered manuscript that has to be completely refixed. What do you mean, tattered manuscript? Well, the formatting was all goofy, and then... Yeah, but I could have had that. I mean, here's what and we then did. we have we had to use this fucking platform that's just a pain in the, the damn last ass. Time, it took literally. me a whole fucking day just to format the book 
Liz, you didn't, parameters. To, you didn't need to. We could have had the um, Amazon format it. All I needed was a goddamn cover. Well, that also takes time from somebody. Yes, but after the cover was done, you didn't have to format. I probably have to have well, it read. Remember, we had to do the book cover twice. Well, no, only because. Because you, you painted it incorrectly. You weren't being ingenious. Oh, God. Clown, what are you reading? I work. Oh, God. Well, he's, got he's got an eight hour, five day a week job. Yeah, that's all I read. Yeah, I read, you know. I read the code that I write. I don't really read anymore. I kind of lost interest in reading. I read, I read tons until I was about 40. Huh. And I, then I just started partying a lot with strippers and I lost interest. <laughs> in you know, they didn't read, so I didn't read it. Yeah, they don't really spend a lot of time reading. No. They don't, no. I've never been to a stripper book club. <laughs> and I knew a lot of strippers. Back in California, I knew a whole bunch of them. and they, None of them talked about reading. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because when I was in graduate school, reading all of the shit I needed to read for graduate school, I didn't want to read anything else because I was so tired of it. And then even when I got done with graduate school, I didn't really read for fun for a good three years after that because I was just so over looking at a fucking book. Hmm. So I get yeah. it. I get it. Well, actually, uh, in grad school. Huh? What was your uh, d degree in? Archaeology. Archaeology. Uh, speaking of archaeology, um, yesterday I walked, uh, Ruth and I walked over to uh, University of Chicago and sat on the quads for a while. It was a real nice day. We walked on the way back, we went, walked by the Oriental Museum. But on the, at the, which is a wonderful museum, by the way, but awesome. uh, it's the Breasted Hall. There's a guy named Breasted Chan. Breasted was a great uh, archaeologist. Breasted. Yes, but guess where he's from? He's from Upper's Grove. <laughs> James Henry, the foremost Egyptologist of his time, James Henry Breston, I think that's his name. He was from Upper's Grove. So our library at our at, at Upper's Grove North High School, there was only one high school there. By the and way, um, it was in honor of him. By the way, um, I uh, was co-teaching a class there last year, and at that time the word on the street was they are going to change the name of the Oriental Institute. Well, it's kind of like a pejorative term now, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't I, say it. I mean, I remember one time uh, Anya, Anya Chatterjee, our former bartender, she's very, you know, she's half Indian. But I mentioned something, like, is there an Oriental? And she almost slapped me. It's like, <laughs> you know, that's like a real dirty. Of course, she's almost slapped me hundreds of times. I was going to say, that's a daily thing. I remember we were taking one of Anya's little girlfriends home, this cute little chick, and she lives somewhere, I forget, where, when she told me where she lived, I said, isn't that a Puerto Rican neighborhood? She says, I'm Puerto Rican. And uh, so- Anya's Puerto Rican? She's got Puerto Rican in her? No, you got Puerto Rican in you. Oh, wait, Cuban. I don't have Puerto Rican in me. You know, you <laughs> like a, like, a, like Puerto Rican's more negative than being Cuban? I think it's all roughly the same shit. Uh, well, then what are you? What are you making? <laughs> American, man. That's all I'm looking at. You know, I, I, I got ethnic blood in me. I got that. I'm proud of it. But you know, I, I'm not gonna start bad mouthing Puerto Ricans because historically the, the who the hell bad mouthed them? I said it's a fucking Puerto Rican neighborhood. That's not a bad mouth. 
Yeah, I know, but so Anya is a Puerto Rican blood in there? No, she's got, she's half black, she's half uh, Indian. Indian. Yeah, that's what Got it. He's going to start saying you're already on the spectrum, Mike. Be careful. Yeah, but you're not supposed to say Oriental. Yeah, you're not. If you actually look at their website now, I think what they were going to do first was uh, refer to themselves as OI for a while before they transition. But I don't know if it's happening. I mean, isn't it just the misuse of the term? Isn't it just an area of the world called the Orient? Is like the yeah, the Orient Express. Yeah. But I, yeah. Still, I still think it's yeah, the term Oriental it's just a misused term. They were using it to just say another way of saying Asian, which it's not. <laughs> it's not a culture. It's a region. Orient. You know, it's in the Orient. So I, that's just the story I heard. No, I know it's used as a pejorative. Well, yeah. it's just of relating to or constituting the biogeographic region that includes Asia, right. South, South Asia, well, and being politically correct. Um, all right, before we wrap this up, anyone want to discuss one, any one last thing? Yeah, I'd like to discuss. I hope the fuck this isn't another train wreck. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe. What's that? I blow my fucking heart out, and then we got to have a train wreck. We'll see. I mean, that's that's par for the course. That's what that's what Trump would say. This is breaking sweat. You can't be doing train wrecks, Liz. I mean, come on, the guy's all out. You know, he's laying it all, he's all out. out. He's all out. Yeah, yeah. I have to well, go take a nap after these. I'm so exhausted. I expended so much intellectual energy. For a good apartment in Wicker Park, I got a great one available. The people left town. How many room? What's the situation? It's it's great. It's on Wicker Park. It's two bedrooms plus a third room that. And how much? It's somebody in there, but I call it an office kids' room. How much are we talking about? Uh, it's two thousand a month. Real good. Oh, and for wow, you, I could go there. For those of you on a, a lesser budget, Rock and Roll Roof will very soon have in a basement apartment in Jefferson Park for seven hundred dollars a month. Oh wow. Leave the city and not come back and then call me and say, we're not coming back and we're breaking the lease, you know. That's, you've had tenants do that with this whole thing? Yeah. Wow. Oh, two tenants. Yeah, one guy up, the guy, that, the, the, the Kellogg business student that was renting in Evanston, uh, he left like two months ago. And you then, make him put up security deposits? Yeah, but it's only one month rent. And he left three months early. So I, I'm eating two months. And I, Wait, and I isn't the, Doesn't your lease say anything about fuck you when you do that? Yeah, I'm not going to. All right, now here's the, here's the definition of irony. Funny, you know, you can't. He's pissed off at his dad's, his dad's uh, laundromat because the landlord's being an asshole. And look at him, Mr. Landlord right here, crying and bitching like a little girl because somebody left him two months two months early. If this was crying and bitching, you guys have no idea. Yes, you are bitching. That was a bitch. That was total bitching of uh, tone, tone of voice. I was saying, if you guys know anybody who wants a really great apartment in Wicker Park, <laughs> I got a great Wait up, wait up, pivot there, because you know he's baiting you. Yeah, I mean, come on. Mike, my son hates <laughs> Jefferson Park, so he he's he wants to move out desperately. So I'll mention it to him. Well, anybody who knows. Advertisement for your place, you know, right, Bruce or Liz? And okay, you hate your place in Jefferson. That, that's I'll, um, I'll, yeah, let, I'll let people know because I've got some folks who are actually trying to. Um, 
also do a pivot, but live in the city. It's cool. It's a cool place. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this up. Thanks for joining us, Mike, for being our guest. It's all great to seeing you. Stay healthy. Love you guys. Clown Bruce, good to see you. Uh, We'll chat again soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye.